in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Back. So much breaking news. Wow. Let's see here. Breaking news. They're releasing the full Cassidy Hutchinson transcript. Yeah, that's that's a, that's actually breaking news right now. Cassidy Hutchinson. <laughs> uh, I sat through that crap last summer. I, there's more of it. More, more. This is like the director's cut version. Uh, let's see. Oh, they are passing the ominous omnibus package, right? All those trillions of dollars. That's what they do down there, and they stick in all kinds of weirdo stuff, 4,000 pages long. Nobody can read the whole thing. Uh, swamp. This is the way the swamp wants it. And sneak it in there. These senators, these members of Congress, they don't have time to read all that stuff. Don't worry about it. We unelected people will uh, take care of what we want. You know, somebody just told me something about them. Just ran into somebody who said, it's funny, they, they served in the military. And I didn't realize he just the way he was talking, it was a little bit familiar, but also a little bit unusual. And he said, I'm like, whoa, 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 what are you getting at here? And he said, oh, it's all about servant leadership. Huh? Yes, I know. That's a thing that's come into vogue lately. Servant leadership. How may I help you? Right. It's a little bit. It's a little bit uh, fakery. Um. Ultimately, I think it's not good. Not good. It may sound good. How can I help you? I am. I'm here to serve you. Uh, I'm a leader, but I'm all about service. I think it's all about making our leaders uh, obsequious and therefore uh, dispensable. Dispensable. So the great big deep state. They will run any everything. You don't need any charismatic police officers or military officers if you're. Uh, if you're the big deep state, they don't want that. I got to develop that. There's something. There's something to that. In the meantime, yeah, they're spending money. This is what they love to do. Uh, this is what Joe Biden does. <laughs> he hangs around Washington his whole life and then brags about all the money that they've been spending. Uh, Sixteen. Forward to signing the omnibus omnibus bill soon which includes $45 billion, $45 billion in additional funding for Ukraine. Today, I'm announcing the next tranche of our security assistance to Ukraine. $1.85 billion package of security assistance. Altogether, today's new security assistance with humanitarian funding amounts to $2.2 billion in additional support for the Ukrainian people. Congratulations. Look, I want Ukraine to win. It's we're up to a hundred billion dollars at this point. Uh, I'm getting pretty tired of it. I'm getting pretty tired of Zelensky, too. All right. Uh, you could have zoomed. You should have zoomed, especially if you were just going to wear that same green T-shirt. All right. You went to the White House yesterday. I it just did. You see that footage again? I would have worn a tank top with Let's Go Brandon on it if I had to meet Joe Biden. But I'm not the head of state. You should have dressed up. You should have worn something nice. And I know it's World War. Uh, well, for you, it's the big war. Uh, it's not World War Three. In the middle of World War Two, you can look it up. FDR met with Churchill and Stalin uh, in Yalta. Remember that? The Yalta Conference. You learned about it, right? At some point, you see the picture of the three guys sitting in the chairs. 
Well, guess take a look. That's in the middle of World War II. Uh, Churchill and Stalin are in dress uniforms, and FDR is wearing a pi- double-breasted pinstripe suit. I think he could have worn a collared shirt. All right? I'm sorry. Zelensky, yeah, I know. I want him to win. I also want the damn war to end. Uh, let's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, should I put a Ukraine flag on my tweet, uh, my Twitter profile? Why is everybody doing that? I mean, I want Ukraine to win, right? But does anybody, if you have a real understanding as to what the hell's going on over there, let me know. Because I know this, most members of Congress don't. Joe Biden certainly doesn't. Um, there's, these are rational people. For the most part, the Russians are also pretty crazy, too. And they drink a lot. One of the reasons why they're always crashing airplanes, by the way, is because uh, they drink so much. That's a big problem over there. Um, all right, so you got Joe Biden and uh, Zelensky in a room together. What a time to ask about Burisma, huh? I want to know. Hey, why not? Put him on the spot. That's what you guys do. You like to embarrass people. The fake news, all right? Hey, uh... <laughs> Mr. President, the laptop, which we know is correct, uh, it seems as though uh, you had a pretty big role in helping Hunter meet these Burisma people who, oh, by the way, are familiar to President Zelensky. President Zelensky, can you comment on this? Is it true that your predecessor recorded Joe Biden on tape, recorded him, demanding that that prosecutor be fired? Remember? I mean, somebody could have gone there. A little bit, right? No. No, because we don't do that anymore because we're not a free country. Cut 17. In 2022, you presided over a bipartisan international coalition to support Ukraine. How will you keep that coalition from fraying in 2023? Pussycat questions. you share your vision? What's the fair way to end this war? And how do you understand yeah. this war? The Americans, fair too. Peace? I'm wondering, after spending two-plus hours face-to-face with President Zelensky, uh, what you learned or what you took from the meeting that perhaps you couldn't glean or learn in the phone calls or video conferences. Wow. Huh? I just the the, the lamest. Uh, did you look into his uh, soul? Right. I mean, what? Why so lame? Nobody wants to get in trouble. We're like China. We're like the Communist Party of China. Everybody's orderly. Don't say anything that's going to offend anybody. <laughs> Joe Biden meets the press every single day. He doesn't have big press conferences, but he gets questions. And no one has the nerve to ask him about the Hunter Biden laptop, which, all right, if you want to say everything in that laptop is legal, it reveals legal activity. I don't accept that, but let's accept that for the moment. All right. Um, Let's say that uh, it was legal for Hunter Biden to be selling influence all over the world. All right. Let's just. All right. I grant you that. But at least we know now. That Hunter and Joe were pretty, uh, they were in deep together, all right? 10% for the big guy. Oh, we got the uh, the person in the office complaining about all the money that they have to give to Joe Biden for household expenses. Uh, these are, um, we have Hunter himself complaining that he's got to give so much of his salary to uh, his father, Joe Biden. So um, we do know that. Joe Biden was lying when he said this. Uh, da, 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 da. Cut 19, please. 
Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. And so how do you know? Well, look, here's what I know. I know Trump deserves to be investigated. He is violating every basic norm of a president. You should be asking him the question, why is he on the phone with a foreign leader trying to intimidate a foreign leader, if that's what happened. That appears what happened. You should be looking at Trump. Trump's doing this because he knows I'll beat him like a drum. Wow. Defensive. Change the subject real quick. Hey, what skill does Joe Biden have? What does he bring to the table? Um, Really, what is he good at doing? He's no master of the Senate. He was a clown. Couldn't get stuff passed. He was weak. He doesn't know that institution. He's got a big smile and an empty brain. That's it. And they can use a guy like that to do uh, just to, uh, I don't know, rubber stamp all their dirty work. Hey, by the way, you, you just heard what a pussycat uh, press conference it was with Joe Biden. What a, Do you remember what they did to Donald Trump? I mean, every they're always talking about Donald Trump yelling and screaming at reporters. What? How they did talk to him? Remember this? Cut 18. Then you had raised $6 million. Clearly you had not. Your critics say you tend to exaggerate. You have a problem with the truth. Is this a prime example? No, I raised almost $6 million. Your impulse to put a positive spin on things may be giving Americans a false sense of hope. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Right now. No, I don't think so. I think that... Uh, I think it's got you know, the not yet approved drug on such a lovely question. At the ports of entry, that illegal immigration is down and the violence is down. Okay. So what do you base okay. your let facts me, on? Me, come on, let's go. Sort and of, secondly. Sort of, uh, no, no, you get one. You get one. Well, the Ready? second Just question sit is, Wait, sit down. Sit down. Could you, could you please sit answer? Sit down. You get one um, question. You hear that guy? I mean, Donald Trump's response, that guy raised his voice first. How can you say that? What are you basing it on? Get the hell out of here. Get the hell out of here. Uh, completely, everything's backwards. Everything's weird. This omnibus thing, nobody sees it. It's past. This Zelensky comes out of nowhere. How many more billions do you need, huh? January 6th, they're still jamming that down our throats. The January 6th report comes out today. I, mean, I thought, how many times can they have a damn hearing and committee and look at us, look at us? And not tell us the truth, by the way. I'm still going through the Republican version of um, of this. The, the Republicans had their own investigation that focused on security failures. Uh, I am, well, I'll have to reserve judgment. I'm not through it yet. I'll say it. So far, I'm not impressed. All right? So far, I think they're kind of holding back and being polite. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see. The uh, You'll notice that they're not talking about Donald Trump's taxes anymore. Because it confirmed that the guy is very rich. What they were hoping, what they were really hoping that somehow it was going to show that he was like dirt poor. And it doesn't show that. Remember how how like uh, kind of indignant they were. Oh, we haven't seen his tax returns. We haven't seen. And now finally we will get to see it. And the American people will and justice will be served. Cut 21. We don't want to enforce and reinforce this precedent that people at the very top of the economy have their own special set of rules. Donald Trump has operated as if he was exempt from law for a long time. Finally, he's being held to account. Finally, he's being held to account by they're releasing his tax returns. My tax returns are private, aren't yours? Where does it say in the law, in the Constitution, that the president of the United States has to turn over their tax returns? 
Is this something else that the swamp, they, the swamp wants to own these people and it doesn't work? I am, I feel like, what's that movie, The Matrix, where they take the pill and you can see everything? You can see everything for what it is, right? For what really is happening. I, I kind of feel like I've been, what is that? Red pilled or blue pilled? One of the pills. I took it. I mean, I was always kind of hip to it, but now, now, and then you have Donald Trump's taxes. What are you going to do with him? Why did you want him in the first place? Oh, by the way, you heard that guy say, oh, now Donald Trump is not above the law. Listen to Nancy Pelosi a while back, how giddy she is. You think she wants this for uh, truth and justice or could there be a political motive? Cut 22, please. Cut 22. When we win this election and we have a new president of the United States in January and we have a new secretary of the Treasury and Richie Neal asked for the president's president's returns, then the world will see what the president has been hiding all of this time. And she's got this weird smile on her face, right? It's not about enforcing the law. It's about it's uh, it's about politics, sick politics, because they've lost their mind in trying to get this guy. They are destroying the country. They are destroying their country in, in the in the process of trying to destroy Trump. It's not going to work. And by the way, um, those who are talking about the taxes, like Donald Trump did not pay enough in taxes. He paid $40 million this year. He should have paid. He took a write-off. He paid no taxes one year. It's funny when the left complains about that stuff, it's kind of seen with admiration. Warren Buffett. Here's Warren Buffett. He's actually, he's not bragging. He's actually just telling it like it is about his tax situation. Cut 23. I'm paying about the same percentage of my income to the federal government as my secretary does. And he says that's wrong. It, it probably is, but he gets praise for that. Hey, meanwhile, Amazon, the most successful company uh, ever, they don't really pay much in taxes either. Cut 24. Not only has Amazon elevated Jeff Bezos to the top of the world's richest people list, it is also one of the most notorious tax avoiders in American history. Amazon reportedly won't pay any federal income taxes for the second year in a row, due in part to tax credits and stock-based compensations. That massive company paid no federal income tax on more than $11 billion in profits in 2018. And somehow, they actually got a $129 million tax rebate. And... Maybe it's a problem. Maybe it's not. But that's the way it is. And Donald Trump, unlike these other virtue signaling phonies, was very upfront about it all the time. The tax code is complicated. I'd like to fix it. Uh, In the meantime, I don't want to pay taxes more than anybody else. Cut 25, please. I know more about tax abatements. I know more about taxes than any human being that God ever created. I knew how to use the tax code to rebuild my company when others didn't have a clue. Some of them come to see me today and they say, man, I wish I saw you, Donald. I know how the tax code works better than anyone, and I'm going to fix it so it's fair and just. It's too bad. You know, he can only do so much, especially with the swamp out to get him every step of the way. Next time, though. I think he should have a sit down with Steve Forbes and let's fix that tax code. Flat tax. You ever hear of that idea? You could do your taxes on a postcard. I think it'd be great. Give me a moment, please. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You see this? The um, 
My beloved Marine Corps has gone totally woke, totally crazy. The USMC, you can't say, looks like they're moving in the direction where they're going to be eliminating uh, gender pronouns, especially the ones of respect, like sir and ma'am. They're going to get rid of those. This is just one of a million things they're doing. They've gone totally crazy. I remember, what was it? Remember when we had Gay Pride Month and went on for six months? And <laughs> even the USMC, they had this, um, they had they had the rainbow, they had the bullets. They had bullets in rainbow, right? Like the Gay Pride flag. They took their bullets and they painted them and put them on the side of a helmet. And it was official. It was from the USMC. I mean, why is that happening? The core? My beloved core? That doesn't sound like the core to me. Well, one of the problems, it's a dirty little secret about the Marine Corps and all branches of service, by the way. The generals are wimps. They are usually the worst. You get a couple of good ones, but most of them suck. Most of them got there because, um, well, you have to be a good leader. No, you got to be a big kiss ass, quite frankly. And they are afraid. They are so afraid, so scared. I'm very, very scared of getting yelled at on Capitol Hill. Uh, Kirsten Gillibrand, uh, Democrat from New York. Hey, look, she was passionate about the issue. I thought she was a little bit obnoxious, but what the hell? She wants to berate a general, and a general wants to just sit there and take it? That's what General Neller did, former commandant of the Marine Corps. Sitting there in the uniform, you should have walked the hell out when this happened. Go ahead. I can tell you, your answers today are unsatisfactory. They do not go far enough. And I would like you to know what you intend to do to the commanders who are responsible for good order and discipline. Where's the accountability for failure? All right. Who is being held accountable? He just grovels and apologizes and walks away. It's pathetic. I'll have that when we come back. And, uh, hey, it looks like November 13th, Felix Unger Day. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Remember in the beginning of The Yacht Couple, um, Felix shows up on November 13th. He's all, but the weather is just like today. It's just like today. I just saw a bus go by and it gave me deja vu. Uh, poor Felix. Um, Oh, yeah. So these generals are total. uh, This is what they live in fear of. Not combat, not a bullet heading their way, uh, getting yelled at by some lunatic on Capitol Hill. Here's Kirsten Gillibrand yelling at a four star general. What would you do if you were talked to like this? I know what I would do. (laughs) Uh, I I guess you got some options. You can get up and walk out. You can say, shut your mouth. You can say, excuse me. Maybe we could be a bit more productive about this. You yelling at me is not helping the matter. No, all those things would be options, but listen to what the what listen to what the general does. Go ahead. Who is being held accountable for doing nothing since 2013? Who? Which commander? I am very concerned that this is part of a culture that is resulting in the high levels of sexual assault. We know from the FY14 Sapro report that 60% of men and 58% of women who experienced sexual harassment or gender discrimination in the previous year throughout all the services indicated that a supervisor or unit Stop. leader was one of the people engaged Stop. in the- 
You know why the numbers are up, by the way, okay? Because the society has gotten, if you look at somebody the wrong way, they're going to go ahead and make a complaint. That's part of it. Sexual assault happens all over the place, and it's horrible, and it must be it must be confronted, and people responsible must be prosecuted. But she's talking about a lot of other things. Harassment, people made to feel uncomfortable. It's the military, damn it, all right? It's not comfortable. If you wanted to say be comfortable, don't join the Marine Corps. All right, she's almost done yelling at this guy, and what does he what does he have to say for himself? Not much. Keep going. The violations. That is a problem with our command. So if you're dedicated to fixing the culture of the Marines and all the services, what do you plan to do to hold commanders responsible who fail to get this done? Mm-hmm. Senator, I understand and share your concern. Um, if I were aware or any, I would expect that any commander was aware if someone was reported any allegation of anything, but particularly something as serious as sexual assault and the chain of command didn't do anything, that that commander would be held accountable. I don't have any statistics for you on that. Um, I can tell you that of all those individuals who have come forward with allegations of sexual assault, what's happened to individuals that um, were uh, the charges uh, ended up with some sort of process and ended up with an adjudication. Um, but those are just numbers. As you clearly and rightfully state, uh, this is a problem with our culture. And I'm still in, in the process. I mean, I... I don't have a good answer for you. I'm not going to sit here and duck around this thing. I'm not. I'm responsible. I'm the commandant. I own this. And we are going to have to, you know, you know you've heard it before. But we're going to have to change how we see ourselves and how we do, how we treat each other. Um, that's, a, that's a lame answer. But, ma'am, that's all I, that's the best I can tell you right now. Oh, did you hear that? He called her ma'am. <laughs> Let's write him up on that. Huh? That's, uh, that's, that's gender discrimination right there. That is a lame answer, by the way. That is a very, very, very lame answer. He doesn't have the statistics. Well, why not? I'll tell you why not. Because of this whole servant leadership thing, all right? No, it's not me who's in charge. It's really that rifleman on the front line. You know, it's all about them. It's all about them. Well, Yes, to a point, but you got to take ownership. And by the way, the culture of the Marine Corps does not accept uh, harassment, genuine harassment or assault. I don't know what the hell he's talking. He's giving in because that's what the room called for. And CNN loved it. Oh, they loved it. Look at this four-star general just capitulating, just giving up. And that's what they do. They don't want to be called out in public. They don't want to be called out when it comes budget time. They just want those big, fat, bloated budgets. They want unnecessary wars. Just keep that gravy train moving along. Wow, wow, wow. What a wake-up call, huh? What a wake-up call. You know, can you imagine Colin Powell sitting there and taking that crap? No. But have you noticed something? Since Colin Powell was chairman of the Joint Chiefs, 
who, even though he went woke and weird later in life, was a pretty kick-ass military man when he was in uniform. Did you notice something after he left that job? Um, you know who came after him? Probably not, right? A guy named Shally Cashvili. General Shally Cashvili, who had as much charisma as, I don't know, somebody who lacks charisma, all right? A, 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 a total, a, just dull as a doorknob. Because the political class, they don't want charismatic, effective military leaders to deal with. They want pushovers, so they'll be in charge. And we haven't had one decent chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, or quite frankly, one decent four-star general that I can think of, in a really long time. I'm serious. Wow. Doesn't it all kind of make sense right now? It does to me. Uh, Let's see here. What do you think? Uh, uh, John in Staten Island, hi. Hey, Greg. Number one, Kristen Gillibrand is coming up for election another year or two, so she has to make her stripes. The bottom line is you don't disgrace or speak down to a general and go get the facts before you start screaming and yelling. I mean, i like to see her do that to uh, Austin. Let, let her go with Austin. Austin's the top guy, right? Go, go have screaming Austin because he's in charge of the entire, the whole kit in the caboodle. Well, let me tell you why. Take a guess as to why she wouldn't do that. Because Austin's part of their crowd. Take another guess. Take another guess. Well, listen, she could be a racist, too. I don't know. She doesn't want to attach anything. Bingo! You got it, pal. You got it. You got it. You got it. You got it. And she's also afraid of being called a Karen. Right? Can you imagine a woman like that talking to a black man? How how quickly would the Karen police come and try to cancel her? Right? You can, only, you can talk certain ways to certain people, right? We got this whole weird, crazy system now. That's not in writing, by the way. It's all in the woke left's head. Anyway, John, good point. Let me do uh, Mike in New Jersey. Hi, Mike. I'm sorry, Greg. You're on another topic. I was going to get back into Trump and uh, his taxes. I don't care. Whatever you want to talk about. What's up? All right, brother. He came straight out and said he uses it to his advantage. So he's not a liar in regards to hiding anything in regards to his taxes. They simply all this time wanted to get the man on anything they could, and they're still trying to do it. I just think it's disgusting. Yeah, it really is, and it discourages anybody else from going down there. I don't want to go down there. I used to think about going down there. I'm not going to Washington, D.C. You know what I could be? You know what I could actually be? I thought about this is a job I actually wanted for a time, Assistant Secretary of Defense for either Reserve Affairs or uh, Public Affairs. Uh, I've worked in those offices. I know a lot about that stuff. Uh, you need a political appointee. I've got the, I've got the experience. I've got the, um, uh, quite frankly, the the savvy, the political sense. Uh, I've got the. I'm, I'm not going there. First thing you got to do is sit down for an FBI interview. When have those guys ever steered us wrong? You know, stay the hell away from the swamp. Uh, Mike, great points. You too. Let's try uh, Adam in Connecticut. Yeah, hi. Hey, Greg, um, I think it's great that you're doubling down on Hunter Biden laptop and Trump. uh, And it just means more winning for us, for us Democrats. And 
continued uh, losing in the elections because this is not something that moderates that, you know, kind of rational people uh, rational really people, Rash, um, rational people. So you like corruption in your face, corruption, Adam. I, I, you know what? You may win a couple of elections if you want power and you're willing to lie, cheat and steal. Adam, keep doing what you're doing. All right. Good for I, you. Good say, for you. Can, now, can you say what? Can you say what? Go ahead. Right. Sure. All right. Nepotism is been alive and well. We know that we saw it with Trump and Jared Kushner getting two billion from the Saudis. It happens. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. second. It's actually nepotism is besides the point. You know, if your father runs a business and they hire you for that business, like that, that, that's not what we're talking about. That as Jared Kushner was an international businessman years before he even met Trump. Years. Okay. Hunter Biden. Since the age of 19, you can look it up in his autobiography, which I bet you haven't read, Adam. He had drug problems. He was a full-fledged addict by 19. He was an alcoholic when he was in high school. I actually care about Hunter Biden, believe it or not. I don't like the guy, but I love him. And he was abused by his father. Jared Kushner, the Trump children, international people of business, Ivanka was doing business in China in 2005. Okay? This has nothing. Hunter was there for one reason. What skill does Hunter Biden bring to the table? What does he know how to do, Adam? Why was he, why was he at Burisma? Why is he meeting with Chairman Fow? Why? I stumped Adam. What are you going to do? Oh, there you are. What? I'm here. I'm here. Well, no one cares. I'm here. No one cares. No one cares. And neither does and the FBI. Adam, election. Adam, you have, you know what? You have, it's not that anyone cares. You and your liberal friends, I'll give you credit. I mean, you even have the FBI on your side. And you know what? You're dishonest in corrupt ways. You may win another election, maybe another two. I've said before, we may be in this situation for 10, 15, 20 years. I don't know. But Adam, God sees everything. And he can correct all of this like that. So I wouldn't get too smug if I were you. I just, I, I, and I would really think about, you could compare Hunter. You take a good look at him and you say, this is okay. You look at Joe Biden and say, this is okay. They're going to run him. They're going to run him again. You think that the system is level? Adam, good luck. Congratulations. Uh, Your side is, uh, yep, you got what you wanted. Uh, I think ultimately you'll see that having is not so pleasing a thing after all as wanting. It's not logical, but it is often true. Eric in Manhattan, hello, how are you? Wow, Greg, you're on a roll, but that guy, I won't waste waste your time. But last I heard, um, uh, Chris and Gillibrand's moral compass was at the bottom of Lake Champlain, okay? and and one more thing about that, they, they these liberals can talk to talk, talk down to black people any way they want and get away with. Look at Clarence Thomas. Wait, slow down, slow down, slow down. Sorry, wait, 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 what was that about talking about? Slow down a little bit. No, say that again. They, they, they could they could say anything they want to. Look how they treated Clarence Thomas. You know, uh, back then Biden and and recently with the decision and just the nastiness. So she could, she would get it, get away with it just the same. You know, they don't care if it's the liberals. You know, they I've seen Antifa call 
uh, used the N-word on cops that were trying to keep order. Because they're yeah. black cops and they don't care. But I'm sorry, I don't – about the, the – this is about Ukraine. Now, if it ended tomorrow, okay, the next thing you would hear is them talking about regime change, regime change. I can hear, I can hear Lindsey, Lindsey Graham now. Like, what do you think about that? I mean, how long does this go on? Because they're going to regime change in Russia? I'm like, like, I don't know what, what's going on. You know what I mean? I, I think that's what would happen if it ended today. You know what I mean? What do you think? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. Uh, Eric, what do you do for a living? Uh, right now I'm between jobs. <laughs> uh, how's the job ser- search going? Uh, it's it's uh, so so because I had a I had a I had a mild stroke uh, during the summertime. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Really? Sorry. Yeah, I mean, about it's that. not so bad. I, I, I'm so I'm looking for some preferably at home phone work, but you know. Well, verbally, so verbally, you're fine. I mean, you talk <laughs> circles around that Fetterman guy. He had a stroke. <laughs> Seriously. Well, listen, I'm sorry I, no, about that. I know. That. I know. That's why I was kind of like. I mean, he had no business being, you know, running an election or anything. Well, feel know? better, man. Hey, one thing about, you know, I know it's what it's like between jobs, structure every single day, structure. Structure is a good thing to have. And uh, what else? Uh, you can make it your own if you don't have to report into work. Here I am giving you advice. You're not even asking for any advice. Sounds like you're fine. Right. You're like the big brother everyone didn't never had. Yeah, or, di- or 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 wanted. Okay, Eric, thank you very much. Good to talk. Uh, what is it? Oh, I'm uh, almost out of time. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, that Sam Banker Freed guy who looks like Booger from Risky Business. Remember that? Uh, he's in New York right now. He's in New York City. He's back. Hey, by the way, what the hell was Tom Brady doing hanging around with that guy? Tom Brady. Why would he, I guess he was getting paid for endorsements or something like that. Why would Tom Brady be messing around with that? Shouldn't he be focused on the game? Shouldn't he have been focused on Giselle a little bit, meeting her needs? Sorry, none of my business, but um, uh, yeah. Why hasn't more been made of these celebrity endorsements uh, deals that Sam Banker Freed had? The Clintons, uh, Maxine Waters, uh, Tom Br- Oh, there's my answer right there. Democrats. Okay. <laughs> uh, figure that one out for myself. For myself. All right. Um, Charlie Kashvili, we talked about that. Ooh, I'm going to just see if this – I only have a moment here. You ever notice on the news how the uh, the reporters love to say certain uh, names with the Hispanic accent? You know, Nicaragua. They'll be like, um, today a plane landed in Nicaragua. Uh, who's really bad at this is Jose Diaz uh, Balart. Uh, he's on MSNBC. Listen to this. Cut 34, please. Is Texas Congressman Veronica Escobar, who represents El Paso. We often talk about El Paso Strong, and, and there have been so many times that El Paso has needed to be strong. What does El Paso need, and, and what does El Paso need to do now? You know what he's talking about? El Paso. Pass the old El Paso. El Paso. El Paso, not El Paso. And he does it with everything, by the way. There's a reporter there. Her name is Monica Alba. We know how to say Alba. We know how to say Monica. Listen to how he says it. Uh, Cut 36, please. Joining us now from Washington, NBC News White House correspondent, Monica Alba. (laughs) She's from New Jersey, Monica Alba. Cut it out. I, I don't, I wasn't, I guess I wasn't the only one who noticed because somebody must have called the TV station 
And then the next time around, I noticed them a couple of days later. Cut 35, please. This week, Title 42 is expected to expire as the mayor of El Paso declares a state of emergency. It is 30 degrees <laughs> you Fahrenheit. See how he... It's below freezing in El Paso, Texas. El Paso, Thousands you see? He calmed down. He, he calmed. He fixed it. I, I give him That's good. I have a feeling he was told to. 36, one more time. Joining us now from Washington, NBC News White House correspondent, Monica Alba. Monica Alba. Monica Alba. She's from North Bergen. <laughs> I just, why do they do that? Why? He's also a guy who says, thank you for the privilege of your time at the end of the hour of news. I hate to break it to him. I've seen the numbers on that show. People tune in for the av- an average of about six minutes. The privilege of those six minutes. I don't know. I don't know. Um, ooh, you want to know what really motivates um, people like the CIA director, people like the FBI director, uh, people like the director of national intelligence? You know, what do you think really motivates these guys? Protecting America, doing a good job for us? No, not really. Unfortunately, no. Um, here's what keeps them going. Here's what incentivizes them. You're about to hear the CIA director, John Brennan, former and former FBI director, Jim Comey, brag about all the perks of their job, which they really like those uh, chauffeur driven cars with the bodyguards. Cut 33. My security detail was waiting outside my Herndon, Virginia house, as they unfailingly did every morning when I was CIA director. A small fleet of fully armored SUVs carrying the directors of national intelligence, the Central Intelligence Agency, the National Security Agency, and the Federal Bureau of Investigation made its way toward the tall, shining gold tower in the middle of Manhattan. I showered, shaved, and dressed in the private bathroom that is part of the director's suite on the seventh floor. I loved being in my CIA office, sipping hot coffee and consuming highly classified intelligence reports as the early morning sun crept slowly skyward over the tall trees dominating the horizon between Langley and Washington, D.C., was the closest I ever came to a professional nirvana. She and her dog, both wearing expensive coats against a cold Fifth Avenue day, passed through our tight pack of dark suits and armed men. Chief spies holding locked bags with our nation's secrets. I walked out the side door, stepped into the armored car, and headed to the Manhattan FBI office to do what I loved. I hustled back to my SUV, which had pulled up to a covered entrance on the house side of the Capitol, to take me to Joint Base Andrews. I sunk into the soft black leather seat and leaned against the tinted and bullet-resistant window, oblivious to the world outside. The CIA and FBI in their own words. To sum it up, here are two words. Power trip. Power trip. That's what it's all about. Caught you. Be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow. Uh, I got this video from, I'm going to send it to you, Rich. It's hard to hear 
What the hell's going on in London, England? Uh, what kind of country is that anymore? I, I, there's this lady who's standing on the street, and the cops are asking her questions. Like, what are you doing here? Uh, okay, why are you standing here? So she's standing in the proximity of an abortion clinic. And she's just standing there. She doesn't have a sign. She can't talk to anybody. Nobody seems close enough. And they arrest her for violating the public space law. What the hell kind of law is that in the U.K.? What does it mean? It's pretty weird. It's pretty weird. And it's coming. It's already happening here. It's already happening. You hear that guy, Mr. Houck, in Pennsylvania? The FBI raided his home. The FBI raided his home because he was standing outside of a an abortion clinic. I guess he got into a pushing match. Somebody pushed his son. He pushed back. And then now they're trying to say that this was some sort of hate crime on his part. So they sent the FBI. This is what the FBI does now, by the way. The FBI, um, they become, you know, let's elevate misdemeanors into federal cases. Remember that old phrase? You don't have to make a federal case out of it. You know, don't have to make a big deal out of nothing. Well, now that's what they do. Nobody even uses that anymore. That's a phrase that's gone out of, uh, you don't hear it. You also don't hear uh, somebody's got a chip on their shoulder because everybody's got a chip on their shoulder. Nobody rolls with the punches anymore. Especially Washington, D.C. bureaucrats. Hey, just remember this. Um and it's colored everything. I don't know what it is about Trump. It totally makes them mad. But here is Jim Comey outlining the uh, the allegations or what he believes is the strong evidence of Russia interfering with our elections in 2016. Cut 29. And, there, and I got something to say about this. Go ahead. Russian President Vladimir Putin ordered an extensive effort to influence the 2016 presidential election. That effort which came through cyber activity, social media, and Russian state media, had a variety of goals. Undermining public faith in the American democratic process, denigrating Hillary Clinton and harming her electability and potential presidency, and helping Donald Trump get elected. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. Now, what he does not tell you, that's in his book, by the way, Jim Comey, what nobody will tell you, actually. Except in the footnotes of the Mueller report, and I read the whole damn thing, including the footnotes, and you gotta go to Appendix 9, Section W, and you will see the following. Russia spent a grand total between 2014 and the end of 2016. How much do you think they spent on, on this, uh, disinformation campaign? Take a guess. A hundred million dollars, two hundred million dollars, a billion dollars. Take a guess. Chris, take a guess real quick. Chris, how much money did they spend? Hello? Yes. How much money did they oh. spend? Uh, probably billions. <laughs> Boy, Wrong. Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? The answer is $100,000. They spent $100,000 trying to influence our elections. But wait a second. Their tweets and their Facebook posts received millions and millions of views. Yeah, not one of them did better than my goof tweet the day I went to McDonald's and asked for the McFish. That got more traction than Pizzagate. This whole damn thing. It's like children stole candy in 2016, and they've sent in uh, 
the, the, the global SWAT team to clean up the situation. It just drives me crazy. Hold on a second. So Comey goes to D- goes to Trump Tower. Did I tell you this? Did, I, did we talk about this? Do you know when he actually went to Trump Tower? January 6, 2017. Two weeks before Trump is inaugurated. He's the president-elect. The FBI, the Central Intelligence Director, uh, Brennan, the Director of National Intelligence, they don't get around to briefing Trump until January 6th when he's going to be president in two weeks. You know how long these guys waited to brief Barack Obama when he became president-elect? 36 hours. 36 hours. They could not wait. They ran up to Chicago to start kissing ass. Isn't that amazing? And why didn't they brief Trump right away? Well, number one, they were just scheming about how they could get the guy. And then they trumped up, they cooked up this uh, this Russia stuff, and it took them a couple of weeks to really make the case. How about that? You beat Hillary Clinton. You're a first-time politician right out of the gate. You annihilated 15 Republican career politicians. Then you take out the Clinton machine, and you did that. And they show up to say, no, it was the Russians. And they don't tell Trump it was $100,000. Trump knew, he knew right away that these guys were scammers. He knew it in his gut. Listen to this, cut 30. What I found telling was what Trump and his team didn't ask. They were about to lead a country that had been attacked by a foreign adversary. Yet they had no questions about what the future Russian threat might be. Nor did they ask how the United States might prepare itself to meet that threat. The threat was sitting at that table. You, Comey, you, Brennan, you guys. Hear how he says? They had no questions. An adversary had just attacked our country with $100,000. I mean, Smith and Walensky across the street, they've got a bigger advertising budget than that. A lot bigger. I just... um. It's really, it's really fascinating. And to hear them say it out loud, you see these books, you got to fill it with something. It makes a headline and then everybody moves on. Nobody actually reads the book. And then you hear it and you can connect the dots and they're confessing. They're actually even bragging. They're bragging. Anyway, I'm sorry, Chris, what the hell are you saying? Sorry. Uh, what were you saying? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm a, uh... Well, just just say I'm. Uh, I think the personally, I think this isn't what I called about, but I personally, I think the FBI and the CIA should be completely dissolved. But besides that, I was calling about the uh, Marine Corps with the uh, sexual assaults and gender, whatever. Um, uh, I, I first, I just want to get this out. I don't think I think there's plenty of women that did great things in the Marines and in the military, but I personally believe until we hold all Marines to the same standards. We should uh, to solve this issue. We shouldn't allow women to serve until they're held to Marine Corps standards. That's that's my personal belief. Well, they, they're not they're not held to the same physical standards as us. You know, I I served. I was held to a higher standard than women. I've seen it in the culture. They're handled with kitty gloves. Treat them like Marines. You know, Put, give them the same physical standards that we're held. Hey, to. Hey, listen. I'm going to say one thing. I'm going to say one thing. Look. I like having women Marines. I like having, I like that there are women in the military. I do. I don't think they're uh, suited for all jobs in the military. 
Now, um, here's the thing. They're probably like, I don't know, one zero 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 point zero one percent of the women who can do more than three pull-ups, right? What are we going to do about that? Okay, you can't do enough pull-up pull-ups. No women ever. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I honestly like that one stumps me a little bit. Um, I I there women served with me in the military. I liked them. There weren't that many, but they were good. Um, if you actually let her, you know, okay, well, you got to do 15 pull-ups. Well, a lot of them can't. I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean, Chris? I'm not sure about that one. And guess what? We've got jobs in the military that are more suited for people with less upper body strength. Jobs where you don't need a lot of upper body strength. And there are some jobs where you need a lot of upper body strength. Basically anything in the infantry, anything in armor. What did you do in the Marines? I was a uh, I was O three eleven and eighty one fifty two. Uh, what are those again? Uh, rifleman and nuclear weapons security. Nuclear weapons security. I, the, yeah, the, I worked. I was uh, stationed over in uh, Kings Bay. Where's that? Uh, down in Georgia. It's uh, about uh, two hours north of Jacksonville, Kings Bay Submarine Base. Oh wow! All right. So working yeah. in nuclear security was a fancy way of saying you guarded the base. Yeah, fancy, fancy way of saying uh, uh, fancy fire watch, you know, glorified <laughs> fire watch. Well, it's all necessary. It's all obviously necessary. Uh, no, I was taking it back because, you know, the Marines don't aren't known for their nuclear weapons. Anyway, Chris, it's a good point. You know what I mean, though? I'm a little bit stumped on that one, a little bit stumped. I'm not like I'm not a knee-jerk. And I'm also going to tell you this, and I'm going to try to weave it in tonight. I'm actually, believe it or not, I'm okay with eliminating sir and ma'am from Marine speak. Because maybe you remember, Chris, I thought it was very cumbersome and an inefficient way to speak because I had to think. I had to think, am I calling my superior officer sir enough? You can do too much. You can do too little. You know, and then I would be the same way. Am I hearing it enough? You know, is somebody junior to me? It's like a little bit much. Sir, ma'am, sir. And by the way, ma'am is probably I mean, nobody really wants to be called. Ma'am is a little bit. It suggests a person of a certain age. Who remembers the Mary Tyler Moore episode? Mary Tyler Moore, where uh, the guy at the grocery store calls her ma'am, and she gets a big complex about it. She's got to call Rhoda. Uh, Women don't necessarily want to be called ma'am. Anyway, Chris, thanks for the call. You got thoughts on that? Yes. uh, Would I be able to say one more thing? I think uh, only you got to react to what I just said. Okay, well, I think uh, I think every Marine is supposed to be a rifleman. We're expected to be riflemen when it comes down to grunt things. We've got to be able to do grunt things, and I think all Marines should be held to that standard, whether they are admin right. or whether they're in the armory. I got it. I can't. I'm not arguing with you. It's a it's a valid point of view. I'm just uh, I'm I'm not a thousand percent. I got it. Thanks, Chris. Ooh, Sandra, welcome back. <laughs> you should have asked me that question. I knew the answer because I listen to you every day. <laughs> what answer? What? Oh, to the question, how, how much money? hundred thousand. Oh, you knew about that. Answer. Hey, did you see that? I uh, learned it from you. Did you see that Mary Tyler Moore episode where she gets called uh, no. ma'am at the grocery store? No. Oh, she not. did. It was a big deal, and she, yeah, Rhoda. I think Rhoda even, you know, they had a girls' night. They made a big thing out of it. Anyway, all right. So, what's on your mind? Well, I wanted to first, if I may, wish you and all your listeners a happy Hanukkah and a very merry Christmas. And then I had a comment to make about global warming. You know, we we all talk about global warming, and and here we are 
about to witness a monster winter storm with sub-below temperatures, minus 20 to minus 45 below. So I'm going to be sarcastic when I ask, is that the effect of global warming BS? I mean, will the left blame the record winter blizzard on global warming? Good question. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, happy Christmas and uh, happy Hanukkah, everybody. Final thoughts for 2023, uh, Sandra? Oh, well, I want to tell you something. I bought that Bible, the Life Principles Bible. It sits here every day. I don't even know where to begin with it, to be honest with you, but I have it. And one of these days I'll open it up somewhere somehow and start to read it. But I did buy it because of you. Well, um, two things on that. Number one, if you don't know where to start, uh, which is a – which is a tough one sometimes. Um, there, there are a couple of ways to go about it. God will tell you, but uh, I like starting from the beginning, from Genesis. Somebody else might tell you, uh, start with the Psalms. But basically, the number one thing is there's no right way or wrong way. Just get into the Word. And also, I hope you're buying another book. What it already? I told you. Okay, phew. Thank you very much. Oh, I got to <laughs> thank you, Sandra. And I got to tell everybody else about this. Look. Hey, the pressure's on. I'm getting very, very close to launch day, January 10th. I got to sell this baby, okay? And uh, I think you're going to like it. Nobody, nobody, but nobody is making the case that I am uh, about Barack Obama, about January 6th. Uh, and I'm backing up the cops, those who refuse to be politicized, all right? There's some fascinating stuff in here. And also, I'm confronting race in a very serious way. Hot topic, nobody wants to touch it. Or if they do, they are... Uh, subject to the far left dogma, not me, not me, no way. We talk about some very uncomfortable things, but it's necessary if we're ever going to get out of this mess. So the book is called Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement, published by Simon & Schuster. You can go to your independent bookstore and tell them, please, do you have the Greg Kelly book yet? Would you put me on the list? Or uh, you can go to Amazon, of course, Uh, wherever you get your book. You can download it. uh, You can get the audio version and uh, I'm very, very pleased about this. It's uh, it's a big opportunity, quite frankly, to uh, talk about issues in a in a way that I quite even on the radio, it's uh, or TV. So, in book form, what else about that that I should tell you? Um, thank you, thank you for uh, for buying it, considering buying it. And if we do well enough here, uh, we'll be able to strike again. All right. So, uh, thank you all. Oh, give me a moment. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, so this is that – check, check, check. This is that clip that everyone's talking about. It's from the U.K., and it's a woman um, just kind of conservatively dressed, very ordinary, standing on a sidewalk. Uh, there's some hedges behind her. It's obviously public property, and it's kind of hard to hear. you got to pump up the volume, but a cop um, arrests her or wants to arrest her. Here, listen to it. Go ahead. Okay, um, before I ask you any questions about what's going on today, I have to caution you, which is just your rights, which is you do not have to say anything. It may harm your defence if you do not mention one question, something that you later on in court, anything you do say may be given you. Uh, what, what are you here for today? Uh, physically, I'm just standing here. Okay. Why, why here of all places? I know you, you don't live nearby. But this is an abortion or something. Okay. That's why you're standing Is you standing here part of the protest? No. I'm not are you, protesting. Are you, are you praying? I might be playing in my head. Um, so I'll, I'll ask you once more, will you voluntarily come with us now to the police station for me to ask you some questions about today and other 
days where there are allegations that you've broken public space protection orders? Uh, if I've got a choice, then no. Okay, well then you're under arrest for class suspicion of failing to comply with the public space protection order, which is under the Antisocial Behaviour Crime and Policing Act 2014. Now, of course, you again, you don't have to say anything. It may harm your defence if you do not mention one question, something which later on in court, and when you do say, maybe give any words. Do you understand the caution? I do, yes. Um, your arrest is necessary in order for a prompt and effective investigation into the offence. What that means is so that I can ask you some questions. And also to protect uh, vulnerable people, mainly service users in the clinic. Okay? Um, so you'll accompany us now to the police station. Uh, you get booked in front of the custody sergeant. And then if you want a solicitor, you can assist uh, on the link. Okay? Um, I don't intend to handcuff you, but obviously my, my colleague will search you because you're going to get into the police department and make sure you don't have anything that harm us or anything. She's violating, did you hear that? The public space protection law. What the hell could that be? We're going to protect the public space from the public? Uh, I'm sorry, but, you know, uh, abortion clinics, uh, they're not countries unto themselves. Um, You know, it's a business. You can stand near it if you want to. I Very, very fishy. Very creepy. Very creepy. And it looks like the FBI wants to do the same thing, you know, formerly known as the Federal Bureau of Investigation, currently known as, hmm, where shall we begin? Frantically bothering the innocent. Forever blowing it. Give me a moment. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, nobody can write like uh, Miranda Devine at the New York Post. Days after Pelosi's January 6th committee recommended insurrection charges against former President Donald Trump over the Capitol riot, Republicans hit back with a counter-investigation approving or apportioning blame for the internal security breakdown on January 6th to Pelosi and a dysfunctional Capitol Intelligence Division. Uh, Leadership and law enforcement failures within the U.S. Capitol left the complex vulnerable on January 6, 2021, says the report, which is based on a trove of texts and email messages and testimony from Capitol Police leaders and -and rank-and-file officers. House Sergeant-at-Arms Paul Irving, who answered to Pelosi as one of three voting members of the Capitol Police Board, succumbed to political pressures from the office of Speaker Pelosi and House Democrat leadership, was compromised by politics, and did not adequately prepare for violence at the Capitol. Uh, Pelosi and her staff coordinated closely with Irving on security plans for the joint session of Congress on January 6th, but Republicans were deliberately left out of important discussions related to security and in an apparent attempt to hide from Republicans the fact that they were being excluded from discussions. Irving asked a senior Democratic staffer to act surprised when he sent key information about plans to the joint session for the joint session on January 6, 2021, uh, to him and his Republican counterpart. Mm, the staffer replied sardonically, I'm startled. The report also claims that staff within the House Sergeant at Arms emailed Paul Irving that January 6 was Pelosi's fault, although it provides no evidence for the assertion. Uh, when Irving was forced to resign after the riot, an email from an unnamed staffer said, this is not your fault, it's all totally unjust. The Republican leadership responsible for the report, Jim Banks, Jim Jordan, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, uh, are five congressmen originally nominated to sit on the January 6th committee. 
Uh, given Pelosi's assiduous grooming of Cheney, no doubt it suited both their interests to focus the final January 6th committee report on Trump and not on Pelosi's culpability. Uh, I'm still going through the report, quite frankly. I'm not that impressed by the report, uh, the Republican stuff. I think they, I don't know. I haven't been, I mean, you just heard some of it, you know, some guy named Paul Irving and emails and stuff like that. I think it was, the failure was far more fundamental and sinister. Uh, I'm not done yet. I'll have something else to say about it tonight. All right, you guys. Uh, Barbara's in Port Chester. Hello. Hi, Greg. Um, I just wanted to talk about what you were speaking earlier regarding that general who was up before um, Kristen Gillibrand in, in uh, the Senate. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're aware. I don't remember where I call where I saw it earlier this week. I don't know if it was Epic Times, but are you aware that uh, during the Christmas holiday that uh, West Point is planning on removing every single statue of every alumnus and military leader who um, um, served in the Confederacy? including Robert E. Lee, removing his statues, his busts, his uniform. Now, this man, whether you like what he did or not during those four years, he served the United States military for 40 years. His history people and all bar trivia drunks love referencing the fact that he's the only person in, you know, West Point history not to earn a single demerit. And the man was also the commandant. So what are they doing here? It's it's like that reference you made to the odd couple before. Remember that that episode where Felix was trying to learn how was afraid to fly, and the guy at the end of the episode said, "Patton were alive, he'd slap your face." <laughs> this is what Patton would do today to most of these military leaders and these commandants. Ooh, that's good. That's good. You're right about that. Uh, you and can ba- use it, I, <laughs> Barbara. And I uh, I did not know this plan at West Point. And as you were talking. It's under the radar. I got it from the Mid-Hudson News. West Point to ditch all statues, names, and signs dealing with the Confederacy. West Point, any reference to the Confederacy that is visible at the U.S. Military Academy at West Point is going to disappear in the not-too-distant future. Superintendent Lieutenant General Gilland announced on Tuesday that in accordance with Department of Defense directives, anything that commemorates or memorializes the Confederacy or those who voluntarily served with it will be removed. The commander said the directives are based on recommendations from the Congressional Naming Commission and approved by the Secretary of Defense. The whole Thank damn you. countries, they've lost their minds. Barbara, I just, this is so, wow. Hey, you're from up there, right? Have you been to West Point? Oh, I live near it. We used to go to the football games. You wouldn't, you couldn't catch me going to West Point now if this is the case. Well, you know what? I mean, you wait, 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 hold on a second. I mean, look. I got to tell you, I go to West Point. I don't go to see the statues. You know what I mean? I I go for the Oak Club. I go for the football games. I go for the beautiful view of the Hudson River. This breaks my heart, and this is a serious issue. But I think you can still go to West Point if you, you know, if you want to. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, it, the, the, it's just such a beautiful gem. It's one of my favorite spots on earth. You ever been to the Thayer Hotel? Uh, well, yes, but... Uh, and they got that great brunch. The they got an all-you-can-eat brunch... And they got great chefs from the Culinary Institute of America, which is just up the road. So don't take it out on the uh, on those guys, on the chefs and the and the maids at the hotel. I want everybody to go. But this is ludicrous. I didn't realize it was. I knew about the base renaming, but they're going to take the statue down of Robert E. Lee, who, by the way, I think graduated from West Point, right? He not only did he graduate, he was the only person in the history of West Point not to earn a single demerit, and he was commandant of West Point himself. 
Wow. And I, I looked up a number, which I'm going to call, and maybe some of your viewers, or maybe you can look into it yourself. There is a community affairs um, number at West Point, which I plan on calling and asking exactly how this is going to happen and who really made the decision. That's a good idea. The community affairs office number. at West Point? Yeah, it's 845 Well, I'll tell you what. I tell, hold on. Before you blurt it out, I mean, if anybody wants to Google it, I mean, look. The, the corporal on the other end of that phone is not the guy. You know what I mean? Do we want to do we want to uh, do we want to bombard them with phone calls? I don't want to take it out on the corporal. I want to take it out on Lloyd Austin. Call the Pentagon. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Barbara, I love your uh, civic mindedness. Tell me a little bit about yourself. What do you do? Okay. Well, I had called you earlier. I was I'm a librarian in the Catholic Church. <laughs> um, so I'm a very I'm a history person. So um, and also too, you know, I have. My father, you know, just died a couple of years ago at 99, World War II vet. Um, you know, so the military history was always important to me and history in general. And when I saw this, I'm like, what? I, I can't. I can't. I can't do this anymore. And I feel like we need to speak out. And even just when you were referencing before, when you were making the comment about the Republicans, very lackluster response. And that's part of the problem. Right. I mean, I couldn't put my finger on it, but right. It's just not it's not significant enough. You know, ooh, right. Paul Irving did not forward an email. I mean, I, you know, this guy's already been fired. It's far deeper. It's far more serious than that. And it just, right. it kind of let me down somehow. Um, well, look. And this, is, this yeah. is why we have to speak out. And maybe, you know, we don't want to, we know the corporal's just the middleman. But eventually, if enough people contact him and then get up to where, maybe at least it'll be a little bit of a, a little bit of an outrage. We can't take this lying down. I know. I know. I feel like going up there. I feel like going up there and protesting, to be honest. You know, I'm not going to chain myself to the statue, but I feel like doing something. Yeah, I know. It's very sad. Well, you know what? Um, I like how boldly and bravely, you know, it's not brave. It's, it's your duty. It's too easy. It's very easy in life to take a pass and to keep your head down and not make a fuss. That's kind of what we're, I, we're kind of, I don't know, indoctrinated to do that a little bit. And we shouldn't be. That's not how this country was founded. All right, Barbara, one more thing. Tell me about the library. Are you still there? Do you still work there? No. No, I, I just transitioned. Now I'm working in a Catholic church, uh, in one of the, a local church itself. And, oh, that's another thing. You know, as a person, I know how much how strong you believe in your Christianity, um, Christian or Catholic. Um, you know, they throw this number, uh, January 6th, January 6th. January 6th is one of the most um, holiest days um, in our calendar. It's, you know, the epiphany of the Lord. And they're using, they're switching Janu- that for now January 6th to mean chaos and destruction. Yikes. Uh, I didn't know that about January 6th, to be honest. <laughs> I, uh, well, hey, look, you're the one hanging around the Catholic school all day long. You should know that. Oh, it's Christian. It's Christian. I know, I know, Christian. but still, I mean, you know, all right. Barbara, I love it. Keep in touch. Many thanks, and I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Doesn't it feel like Friday somehow? It feels like Friday. Why is it? Whenever I feel those feelings, I ask somebody, and they feel the same way. Like this week went short, or this week is long, uh, it feels like Tuesday, you know, everybody, why is that? It's in the air. You're not the only one. Um, I don't know. I do not know. Whenever Jack Keane comes on and says something about anything, I usually agree with him. Oh, gosh, I'm not going to play that. He agrees. 
He no, sorry about that. No, no, I can't do that. I'm sorry, I just can't jump on the uh, Ukraine bandwagon anymore. I'm a little bit done with it. Uh, I want that war to be over. I don't feel like I've been told the entire truth. I don't understand all of the issues. I know I should probably roll up my sleeves and totally uh, uh, familiarize myself and engross myself in the Crimea and the strategic significance. But for me, big countries have been invading small countries since countries were established a long time ago. And it happens. I mean, almost every country on Earth has a military. They want to use it. Every now and then you got to use it, I guess. Uh, I don't want this thing to have happened. It would not have happened had Donald Trump uh, been reelected, as I think he actually was. All right. I mean, I don't know for sure. I don't want the FBI busting in. Isn't it amazing? You feel like, oh, gosh, did I can I say that? Ooh, I mean, they have as part of their sinister plan, by the way, to if you're evil enough to mess with an election, you're evil enough to say if you talk about it, you're in trouble. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what's going on. Uh, the other thing that we needed to address is uh, we already talked about Biden and the um, omnibus, the omnibus. If you're disappointed in the Republicans, well, so am I. But I do like Josh Hawley. I guess they threw in the towel. They could have kept this thing going a little bit longer, but. It wasn't going to work. The omnibus was going to pass eventually, like in a couple of days anyway. There was nothing we could do about it. All right? Nothing we could do about it. Uh, oh, but we can do this. Skipping through all the noise, pushing all that junk aside. You know, the taxes, uh, the, the, the January 6th. Donald Trump came out yesterday with a very bold and powerful statement about the border. And you'll see why he's such right here. It's a reminder what an effective communicator he is. Cut 26, please. Far more illegal immigrants have entered the United States in the last two years than at any time in American history. And by a massive margin, we've never seen anything like it. Our country is under invasion. All right. Good stuff. Give me the next one. Any form of amnesty now would be a catastrophe. It rewards Joe Biden's lawlessness, and it rewards the criminal cartels, and it rewards everyone who has broken the laws of our nation because they've never done anything to our country like they're doing right now. Our country is being poisoned. Remember, our border is not open because of insufficient resources or Legal authorities, our border is open because Joe Biden has ordered it to be open and because Biden has broken the law and torn it into shreds. <laughs> kind of like that. Shreds. It's totally true. Totally true. One more. Biden inherited a flawless deportation system that was working like never before in our history. We never did so well on the border as we were doing just a short time ago under the Trump administration. Giving Biden more resources will simply translate to even more releases because that's really what they have in mind. This has nothing to do with asylum. Everyone knows this is a pretext and this is a fraud. Anyone who pretends otherwise plays into the hands of Biden and the criminal cartels. This is about Biden's lawless and criminal misconduct. 
The most important reform needed right now is a total ban on Biden using taxpayer dollars to free illegal aliens and criminal penalties for administrative noncompliance, which happens every single minute of every single day. Is that good stuff or what? It's like 2016 all over again. The only guy talking about the real issues powerfully, succinctly, in a way that moves the needle. Um, while all these other idiots uh, feast on January 6th crap and House and Ways and Means Committee releasing taxes. And we don't even, it doesn't, it's not in the Constitution. I love our Constitution. All right. I know it's not Friday. It's only Thursday. We usually do phones on Friday. Uh, a few extra, though. What the heck? Uh, uh, Mike is in Massachusetts. Is that right? Yeah, I'm driving. How you doing? What's up? Doing real good. Well, you uh, had a the woman in uh, England who had been arrested for standing and silently praying. Mm. I It made me think of a book I had just finished by... Thomas Baker about the FBI, because you had then mentioned the FBI and their changes. And his book, The Fall of the FBI, has a few chapters on the change that has taken place in the FBI in the last three or so directors from Mueller onward. And um, it's a very interesting read, and I think it would be very enlightening for people to see an actual insider who retired from the FBI give his opinion, an informed opinion, with serious bona fides on who he is. I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at it right now. It's funny. I have not heard about this book, but it just came out in December, The Fall of the FBI, How a Once Great Agency Became a Threat to Democracy. Wow. By Thomas J. Baker. It looks very good. I'm buying it right now. I'm going to click on it right now, and I'm going to read this book, and I'm going to try to get the author on uh, on the TV show. Hey, man, thank you very much. Good recommendation. Uh, Tony and Clifton, yes. Hey, Gray. So speaking of my favorite two, two uh, groups, the CIA and the FBI. Hey, thanks for calling back, guy, by the way. Didn't I yell at you the other day? No, did you? Oh, that's another one? Oh, sorry. All right, all right. Uh, keep going. It could have been me. So, were you know, the one? The were you the one pushing Andy Biggs? No, I know oh, nothing. Somebody else. Okay, what's up? This is Tony from Clifton, the lady. I don't know if that was. It's whenever I call, they say, "Are you a lady or a man?" Oh, I <laughs> thought it was a man. They can't figure it out on their own. Saying. Well, they don't hear my voice, and they don't know who's in the queue. So maybe I should say, "Lady Tony." Would that work better? No, that sounds anyway. uh, all right. So what's up? So when. You know, you think about the CIA and FBI, everyone seems so surprised at all that's been going on. We don't need to go through it. But back with the Kennedys, I grew up and I didn't understand what happened to John Fitzgerald Kennedy. And then we were all told about the CIA and FBI and all this other stuff. And so their reputation was never stellar. It was never above reproach. And even now, there's still more documents which I'm very suspicious about, that have not been released. And President Biden just said, we're not going to really get the rest of them until maybe 23, because depending on what's in them, you may not see them, whatever left. So I think there's a lot of stuff about the CIA and FBI that will come out of those 
that Kennedy assassination piece. And I think that's just another reminder for people that they, they need to tread carefully. This isn't a new thing with the FBI and CIA. No, you're right. You're right. And I am, um, you know, I'm going to, one of these days, I'm going to just have to totally revisit the Oswald thing because I, well, how many, 30 years ago, I basically made up my mind. It was Oswald and it was Oswald by himself. But now everything's on the table. Everything's on the table. And, and some of the things that have happened over the past two years, I'm like, nope, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, great, great. Yeah, you're right. They've never been so hot. They've always been screwing things up, by the way. They screwed up. The FBI screwed up. the. Uh, even if you believe it was Oswald, the FBI screwed that up. They, they they were supposed to talk to uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. They kept on bothering Marina. They kept on missing him. Agent Osti couldn't keep his calendar straight. He's another worm who wrote a book, by the way, of his exploits. I don't think you want these guys writing these books, but it, the CIA director writing a book and talking about cl- classified meetings with the president, like Donald Trump. Listen to this. Listen to his, the nastiness in his voice, how much he hates Trump. Uh, this is John Brennan, the CIA director under Obama, talking about meeting Trump for the first time. Cut 31. I stared at Trump, shook my head in disgusted disagreement, and bit my tongue nearly hard enough to draw blood. See what I mean? See what I I mean? These guys are, hey, I'm way back on the call. Sorry. Hey, Robert, what's up? Real quick. I think we need to go and protect the border ourselves, repel these illegal immigrants send them back ourselves all right i can't do that robert i'm busy and you're in suffolk county you're not going to go all the way down there right no i won't but other people might i i don't know all right uh steve in brooklyn hi uh in light of the party change of leadership in the house what are the chances what's the likelihood of bringing charges against the Mueller? And Comey and Brennan and Ray now? Low, but they've increased. Anthony and Baldwin, real quick. Hi, sorry. Any information on that? that Yes, follow up with me tomorrow and say hi to Baldwin. I'll see you tonight at 10. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.